Hey, yo, 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 what's going on? It's the People's Advisor here in the All Mindset Studios with a special interview coming to you. I have switched gears and I am on the host seat this morning, uh, this afternoon, whatever time it is when you're listening to this. But we've got a special guest, CEO accredited, swapping seats here and jumping what in up? the interview seat. Yo, man, I'm pretty fired up, man. Good looking out to the People's Advisor, Matt Franchina. Hey, thanks, man. We got a lot of cool stuff going on and I'm fired up as well. Um, although... Anyone who listens to us uh, here on the All Mindset Podcast knows where to find us, but why don't you give them a, just for a second and let them know where they could find you. Uh, you know, you can definitely uh, find me uh, in, this, in the city of Brea in Orange County if you're local. <laughs> but if you're out there Bree? on... Bree? Where, where's that? Bree, right? Actually, that's how, that's how I thought the city was pronounced uh, when I first uh, read it. But for those of us that don't know where Brea is or if you're uh, on your hand handsets, uh, smartphones... Nokia 9260s, <laughs> bringing it way back. Uh, StarTex, uh, trying to think of how it all started. GTE with the battery. Uh, if you're out there on the cell phones, you can catch me on uh, Instagram. Catch me outside. No, you can catch me on Instagram. Uh, CEO accredited. Hopefully, you guys can spell that. CEO and then accredited. That's a tough one, but good luck. And uh, Twitter, same handle. LinkedIn, fortunately, uh, we all go by our names, so you guys know me out there on LinkedIn, Sina Azari, and on Facebook, because there were already a grip of Sina Azaris out there, other than the wrestler John Cena, trying to take the name. Uh, I go by as I am Azari. I am Azari. I am John, Azari. John Cena gets uh, mistaken for uh, For women. Cena Azari? Uh, I guess we that. <laughs> Anyways, you like how he's given all the cell phone examples, like just riding this gray line of his age like without telling you but knowing every cell phone model since the existence of a cell phone That's oh man age is nothing but a number bro but yeah man i i know i know cell phones before uh, pagers and beepers man yeah you're pretty good at the uh the beeper code I'm, i i got it down like yeah it's so crazy because the millennials uh and and many people out there if you're born like past 19 maybe 84 you don't know pager talk which is so weird, or beeper talk. I barely know it. Like it, I know a it's crazy because we, we grew up in the '80s, and 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 love to all the uh, to the '80s kids. We grew up texting each other on beepers and pagers before we were texting. So we created it, and we would use Roman numerals to literally just have uh, conversations. And uh, it's like playing quarters and get like me, man. Where's all my '80s kids at? Anyone out there? I don't know, man. We gotta attract them, get them on here. Um, going live on Instagram here if you just want to say what's up to the people, man. What up? What live. up? Live to the Insta family. This is live what we do. I mean, this is the financial services business in 2018. It's you guys amazing. think we're not working, but we are building there. the business. This is prospecting right now. Yep, all day. So, anyways, um, you know, th this interview itself is obviously different for me. It's got a lot of connection. I mean, knowing uh, knowing you since way before uh, your your fame of being on stage keynote speaker changing all your your handles and descriptions and everything but um, no man I feel like the environment that you created over the last nine years has really been the environment that's allowed me to to grow and build and connect so I know so much about you and I hope to learn something about you today that I never knew and we'll, we'll see what unpackages and unfolds here. But Hey, I'm excited, Matt. Thanks for the opportunity, or the people's advisor, I should say. I'm, I'm blessed to have a chance to be across from you in this seat. 
before you're all over on CNN money and we got to ask permissions to get to get it you know maybe phone time with you so yeah I don't know maybe CNN money will come to us with the stuff we got working on I like that man it's gonna be good so hey real quick shout out to your mom right today's mom's birthday hey uh not today uh but her birthday is uh tomorrow so I'm excited yeah her birthday's tomorrow I'm excited we're gonna fly out to the bay area surprise her so mom happy birthday to you beautiful lady she's turning 65 but she looks like she's barely in her 40s and she's got more energy than me, but uh, I'm excited to go see her and surprise her in the Bay Area. That's cool. She's going to be very surprised. So we'll try to get this up right away. She can listen to it before you Oh, man, I'd love to play it for her. So, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of people talk about legacy, and you talk a lot about legacy. It's like your number one driver. Uh, I think that a lot of what you have instilled in you, though, right, comes from mom, comes from the legacy that they've been pouring in. You are part of that extension of the last generation's legacy now today. So what what... This being a fitting day, right? Mom's birthday coming up here. What is something that you would say when you really think about it attributes to who you are today that maybe came from the legacy that she was trying to instill in you? You know, I'm, I'm still the same guy that uh, would approach a random person to say hello and to offer them help if they need help. Um, the same person that just uh, loves to congregate with other individuals, uh, share, you know, ideas, uh, discussion and um, just collaborate. Uh, nothing's really changed for me. For I'm, I've been blessed that I was raised without significant wealth or financial wealth, but I was raised with extreme amount of love and security, feeling that I already had everything that I, that I needed. And I think that that was what was important to me. It wasn't until I was a little older uh, in maybe, I'd say the sixth or seventh grade when I start to recognize um, how much we didn't have when it came to finances, but appreciate how much I had in regard to um, just someone looking out for me. Yeah, you, you said it right, love and security, it really is ultimately all that we need. And so many people mix themselves up with, with being charged on trying to just take over the world and take people out along the way. And in reality, if we live in an environment where we have that love and security, I mean, it, it is everything that we need and it, it gives is. us it, it, the ability to be who we need to be to get all those things that everybody else wants that doesn't even matter. It is, man. And I think the government nailed it when they called it social security. <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> um, all right, so let's take a moment and, and take it back, right? Because from what I know, Cena, the stories I've heard, right? You, you've been a salesman forever, man. You're the kid at school with the backpack that was hustling um, candy bars and magazines and shoes or whatever it was that, that you could get your hands on. Yeah, man. You know, first, I, I got to give props to uh, Serenia Elementary. Any of my friends at Serenia Elementary, that's where it all started in the third grade. Oh, I man, started taking it way back. I started selling baseball cards in the third grade. Um, I, I don't know how uh, I was I was able to make, a, make money on selling baseball cards, but we were buying boxes of them, I think, at bulk from... Um, uh, it wasn't Costco. It was started with a P. Price Price Club, I think, was the name of the place, or maybe even before Price Club. But we were we were getting boxes of baseball cards, tops baseball cards, and I did the math, and I was able to sell them as packs, and make some profit buying them as boxes. So, props to uh, my boy Jordan, uh, out in, uh, back in the day in the Valley, Canoga Park, Woodland Hills. What's he used to roll me and my, my my boy Johnny. Uh, you know, these two guys were with me from, from this time, and they used to just watch me slanging these baseball cards saying, Cena, what are you doing? And it's like, I have to make, you know, some profit. I was really hustling to buy these 50-cent cookies that are probably like two bucks now at school, and there were these extra-large, fresh-baked 
chocolate chip cookies. They were 50, 50 cents. I'm not pulling your leg. But I was making 50 cents a day profit to go buy these cookies. And once I made the cookie money, I was good. I was, I was a big kid, man. I loved to eat back then. That's so funny. Then the I graduated. Money, huh? That's what we call it, right? That's what I, it's so funny, money. man. So I graduated from the cookie money uh, when I connected with Bobby, my boy Bobby, licensed to sell. Yeah, shout out um, Bobby. Great name, man, by the way. But I connected with him in middle school at Parkman High School. or I'm sorry, Parkman Junior High then. Parkman Junior High. Shout out to all the family of Parkman Junior High. We started selling lollipops these blue raz taz lollipops that we have them in our office now and it reminds me of those days but we used to buy those also in bulk and you either got one for a quarter or five for a dollar so we were flipping five in ziploc bags all day wow and that was a much more pro- uh, higher profit margin than tops baseball cards and it's funny because baseball cards don't have any value today but we're still you know seeing these lollipops all over so that's where it started for me that's where it started for me that's... and uh it hasn't stopped yeah no man that's a that's a really cool story and I've seen it continue to progress, and you still are really what it was, not not just a salesman, you are opportunistic, right? You see opportunity, you strike immediately, you find a way to make it happen. Thank you, man. And has that always been something that's, uh, was that instilled in you, or just naturally you said, this is the way I'm, I'm gonna get it? No, you know, I think it, it really goes down to um, being very, um, what's the terminology for having to maximize what's in front of you? I had to, not creative, but oh, re- resourceful. That's what I'm looking for. You know, growing up, um, the way we were raised, we had to be very resourceful to maximize whatever it is we had. You know, I'll give you an example. Um, it's crazy to me, but like I grew up as a kid where if you, if, when you're at the end of the ketchup bottle, we would put water in there and mix it up a little bit to get a couple last spurts. That sounds crazy to some people because if I saw someone do that today, I totally know where they're coming from. But if if someone saw me that they think like I'm some weirdo or something, you know, we were. That's what the, I mean by resourceful. We, we were in the office one day. <laughs> Didn't somebody not know what happened when you added water to the soap? Hey man, and hey man, like, why you gotta call me out right there? You know, because my wife isn't feeling me uh, re- adding water to the soap. But yeah, oh, that's sometimes. That's you do. You're gonna. You're gonna hey, someone's when no one's looking, it. we throw some water in there and mix it up a little bit. Sounds kind of crazy, but I guess that's the resource. You know, you bring two things together, add two elements, and you get more out of it. I guess so. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. And and trust me, I believe you the most so we could stretch something the best. Um, so let, let's um, talk a little bit about what's going on right now, right? You, you've got, you just came off the back of Agent 2021. Yeah. You're going to be speaking at the Gamma International Conference called LAMP, right? Yeah, I'm excited, That's coming in, in March. Yeah. And then this year you've been awarded the... Uh, California Board of Realtors uh, California Association of Realtors yeah I'm blessed to be on a few committees with the California Association of Realtors okay and so you're a a licensed real estate broker yeah and you're a licensed insurance broker yeah life and health right thank you yeah so tell us a little bit about the story though How, how does it get here right we know you on all mindset podcasts we know you as the vice president of present financial partners but if we just look at career path because uh, you've been building you now for 30-something years since you were a kid slanging baseball cards. But how long have you been building in the financial services business? And, and give us a, a run-through. What did it look like when you came in? How'd you get here? You know, uh, I went to college at San Francisco State University. My degree is in physiology. So my goal and passion was to be was to be a dentist. And I took a lot of science classes. So my, my heart goes out to all those students that are taking those one-unit labs. I've been there, done that. It is uh, fascinating but dreadful to be sitting in these labs for uh, three, four hours for one unit a week, and you know what I'm talking about. But I took these classes to apply to dental school. To I wanted to be a dentist. My grades were okay, but they weren't good enough, and I never got into school. So at 23, I find myself with three jobs, 
uh, I went from a unemployed student to an unemployed graduate, I guess you could say, wow. which is pretty disappointing. Relate to that? I see so many people going through that today, but I, I still had jobs and I, and I didn't consider those jobs. I say unemployed, meaning I didn't have a career, but I had jobs just to make some ends meet. And um, my good friend at the time, she was an administrator for a large insurance company named Bankers Life. She was an administrator for them. And she said, hey, you know what? Why don't you come in for an interview and maybe you can get a position selling insurance. And that's where it all started in 2003. 2003. So what does that put us at? 15 years now in the game, huh? Yeah, man. That's it's a pretty amazing. good time. A decade and a half you've been doing it. Yeah, man. It's crazy because when I first started, I, I just being up front with so many people that might be new, it was I approached it as a job. I didn't think I was going to do it as a career. Wow. Um, I didn't see it as something prestigious that was going to be long, long term. I saw it as a necessity to make ends meet till I follow what it is I wanted to do, not knowing what that was. Wow. Let, let me pause you for a second. What did you see it as, right? We're, I'm in insurance, you're in insurance. We know a lot of people in financial services. When you looked at it, it was a job to you. You didn't see it as prestigious. Today, I think you would have a different opinion. Absolutely, man. I, I think one, we are in the most noble career and um, people who underestimate or undervalue what the services are of an insurance agent or advisor have no idea what we really do. It is, it is the ultimate service when it comes to taking care of people because we're in a career, especially on the life and health side, we're in a career to where we're around when things go wrong. Uh, and I guess I said life and health side, the PNC agents do the same thing. It's when things go wrong. But on our level, we service families when, when someone even passes away or they're extremely sick and they can't even make decisions for themselves or they got cancer or uh, you know all these different type of debilitating health elements that take place we're able to serve the families for generations to come. You know, there are, there are clients that I've placed uh, products in that they've been passed for 10 years that are still streams of incomes going to those family members in, in their legacy, and it's because of the contracts that I helped sign and put in place. Um, so that's, that's pretty priceless to me, and I didn't know the details of it when I first joined. Okay, so you join, you didn't look at it prestigious, you get involved, you, your friends, the administrator, you're starting to get involved. How does this story keep folding up? You know, um, I, I jump into the deal and uh, first of all, I, I, was, I was sold, and I use this word respect, respectfully, I was sold with a, with a huge financial opportunity, which proved to be true. And I didn't know what other career you're able to put in all you got and get out what you put into it as close as you can in this business. Well said. So um, I, I, that's what really attracted me to give it a shot. And it was about maybe six months into it that I start to taste the success and say, I'm going to make this a career versus just a job. And the difference to me for a career and a job is commitment. You know, a job is something that you're doing to make ends meet or you're doing short term. A career is what you're going to do to make yourself out of it for years to come. Wow, that's really awesome. Um, so Cena doesn't like to talk about himself. He's gonna make me pull this story out of him, right? Like suck it out of you. But you go from there. You've had so much success at, at Bankers Life, as you talked about, right? And then it transitioned into you becoming the, the president of the fastest growing financial services wow, I'm blessed, career man. agent opportunity, right? We and are so, the founders of the Career Broker Agency. Look that up. Broker. Career Brokerage Agency. We are the founders of the Career Broker Agency. Uh, bless, man. But I'm sorry to cut you off the people's advisor. No, man, it's all good. But so we're here in Brea now, right? You started out up in the Bay Area. How, how did that journey come from there to here? You know, uh, I, I spent four years uh, being an agent, a million dollar roundtable producer, and I, I, I worked my ass off and I had fun doing it. I thank all my clients. If it wasn't for the trust they placed in me, allowing me to serve them as well as I did, I would not have been able to build such a fruitful and long-term career. But Four years into the deal, I had a few friends and uh, other individuals sort of just watch me grow and want to be a part of it. I uh, mentored some of them. I helped them learn what it is that we do. 
and I learned about leadership. I learned about uh, experiencing leadership through action, being a working manager, and slowly these individuals that had joined the business, they were so close to me that we formed essentially a team which allowed me to move into mid-level management roles. And from that mid-level management role, I ended up uh, later on becoming promoted to something called a branch sales manager. And as a branch sales manager, usually the, the organizations, when there's promotion and room for you to grow, they send you to where your leadership is needed the most. So I was, I was blessed to be given an opportunity to start a, a fairly newer or failing that, That's uh, a nice branch. way for saying take over the thing that's falling apart. Right? Yeah, I was blessed to, to well, you know, the, the, the gentleman that gave it to me, mad love to him. He's, he's, he's actually a really good friend of mine. He didn't have enough time in that office to take it to where it should have gone to. So I don't want to speak about it negatively, but I, t I, I got the privilege of, of taking over an office that was two or three ranks from the bottom of a 140 branch agency and just build it. And I love to be the underdog. I love to grow. I love to contribute towards growth. I love to fight through challenges. And that was the beginning of what's allowed me to be here today doing what we're doing now. That's awesome. I think spoken like most of the true greats, right? Wanting to come up from the bottom, build it all the way to the top, and then shine on your way up. Yeah, you know, anyone who's listening to this, I want to tell you, and it's not to dis discredit the number one offices of the top teams out there because they paid the price to be where they're at. But if you're given an opportunity to join something that looks small or something that isn't what you envision what it could be, jump on that immediately because it is such a greater feeling being part of growing and building something to being the best than just walking into what's already the best. You get to own part of that journey, which is, to me, the greatest reward. Yeah. Um, I personally have had the great experience of working really side by side with you, right, for years. And what you're talking about here, I think, is where we identify some of the, the mindset transition taking place. You talked about selling baseball cards and then coming in and learn how to be a producer, million dollar round table. All of those times are you doing it for fulfilling your need. There was a certain time, and you'll know better than me when, but there was a time when that mindset shifted and you began to believe if you could help other people fulfill theirs, it would then fulfill yours. And Yeah, I'm listening. So, I got you. <laughs> over here doing social media like usual. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that mindset shift, though, because I know right now working with you that you're a very selfless leader and you're always looking for opportunities to promote, pump up, and enhance all the people around you. But there had to be a time where, where you were looking to grow for yourself so then you could get into a position to then help those other. What, where did that happen? Like, I think you called it like burrito time, right? Like hashtag burrito time or something. <laughs> you know, uh, well, well no, the, the, the burrito story goes back to when I started building a team and anyone out there who's been given the privilege, and it's, it's a privilege to be able to, to build a team or given that opportunity to the platform. But if you have people following you and you're the leader, um, we all eat. And I found it that the best time I can connect with my team was through the time that, that we ate because um, we're all going to, again, have a chance to, to put some food in our mouths, usually at one point of the day or the week. So we, we made it fun to uh, where we go to a local taqueria burrito place in San Jose off of Bascom. Uh, everyone who knows that area knows exactly what I'm talking about because it is literally the best burritos. And we nicknamed, we nicknamed it Burrito Hotomoto. Uh, I don't know where Hotomoto came Hotomoto, from. Huh? Uh, License to Sell has to do a little bit of that branding. But we would go to this burrito place, and it was just the best, the best carne asada burritos. And we couldn't wait till Fridays to go celebrate. And, you know, you had to be a producer. You had to get some apps on the board. And what I did was I said, whoever's going to throw some apps down, let's go on Friday and chop it up and find a way to keep ex exceeding 
uh, our production. So, you know, going back though to when did I make the transition to, I guess, wanting to help others grow versus myself shine, is the the better I did as a producer and grew in the organization, the more time I got to spend with with great leaders. And I recognized that all the leaders that I was around, their success stories was no longer about them. Their success stories was about the people that they've, that they've helped get to that circle with them. And that's what inspired me. It inspired me to want to be a better leader than those individuals, even though they were great. I wanted more of the people that I can impact to be around me. I wanted to be at a place to where when there's a celebration, majority of the people celebrating in that group had to do with some type of touch or influence that I had upon them. That's what really serves and feeds me the greatest reward. Wow. Well, job well done, man. I know that anyone over the last 15 years has had the chance to work close with you has been well fed, literally <laughs> and figuratively. Let me tell you, I would have been glad to have been part of the burrito club because a burrito has an end. Happy hour and appetizer menus and, and Cena ordering at the end of the table. There is no end. Yeah, we're blessed. You're, you're, your belly stuff. Yeah, man, we're, we're really fortunate and blessed, bro. So anytime you get a chance to feed someone, uh, take advantage of it. Trust me, it's it's not only going to be a great uh, time for you to bond with them, but there's people remember that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to know what motivates you, what goes through Cena's head, because you got some crazy drive time videos that you show us and your <laughs> editing skills are on point. Um, what, what motivates you and keeps you driven during the times when everything around you doesn't say go? You know, the, the number one piece that motivates me is um, doubt. And I don't mean self-doubt, is doubt upon those that I really value or those that uh, have some type of influence upon my decisions, whether it be friends and family. Whenever I see somebody, um, and I love to vocally share my ideas or at least maybe bounce them off some people's minds and get their feedback, and you just see doubt, you know, that, that really motivates me. And it's not disrespectful that people doubt you. Uh, unless you see it that way, I see it as the greatest driving force. For example, um, you know, it, most people that go to school, they don't have jobs in college. And I find that so odd that they don't. But the reason they don't is because they, they've been doubted by probably their parents or their peers that it's too hard to have a job and go to school. That motivated me to say, well, if most people can't do that, let me do it to see if it's possible. Then I start to see the rewards of working and going to school because I was the student that had money to go and do stuff. And then I saw the skill set that it came with having a job while I was going to school because I was learning books at school, but then learning real life uh, situations, customer service, serving, uh, working at the gym, the benefits of discounts at certain vendors. There's all these different things that you build through relationship uh, and connection that you just don't get. So that just goes back to sort of being the underdog or, or the doubt. And even in our business, there's so many people that are waiting to watch someone fail that they, that they do know versus so many individuals that they haven't yet meet that can't wait for them to succeed. And I, I've, I've sensed that. So being in a commission business, you know, 95% of people are going to fail and that's a challenging world to enter in and that's what drives me, you know, entering into a challenge. You grow from putting yourself in the most uncomfortable positions. Nothing great has come to me from scenarios that have been easy to attain. Absolutely, man. It's, I don't think anything that you've attained has been easy or, um, and you now have the fortune of getting out there on stage and sharing people this story with you and this podcast uh, that we're doing is going to get the voice out there 
every week over. Some dope equipment you got up here too, bro. I like it. <laughs> hey, shout out to you, man. You're the one to put this stuff together. But All Mindset Podcast is coming and we're doing it right. Well, what? How many financial services offices have a studio in the back? You know, uh, per my boy Carlos Gill, and if you guys uh, haven't heard of him, make sure you check out the, one of the episodes. But Carlos Gill, he actually locked down Agent 2021, episode Agent 2021. He came in here and the first thing was he said was, man, what a dope studio in a financial services firm. And you know what? We're different. Um, this this wasn't uh, all me. This is something that the team collaborated and the idea was sprouted at a meeting and we, we decided to execute. And I think it's the beginning of what a lot of people are going to emulate and I respect that. Awesome. Well, you've got your hands in a lot of things right now. I want to take a moment to just focus on present financial. It was like the catalyst that things you know got going and, and caused a lot of change for you yourself. Talk to everybody who maybe has been built in the, the in the ranks of the corporate world, right, who might ha- be thinking, what is it like on the other side? And you've probably seen posts, the grass is greener from everyone. Um, but w- what what goes through your mind and someone with that much tenure somewhere, how do you just leave that? How do you just get up? You know, um, th- there's there's two types of people. There's, there's people that uh, need someone to tell them what to do and what their worth is, unfortunately. And there's another percentage of people that are willing to dictate their own worth. And I'll tell you, uh, the environment that I came from, it's a great environment, and it allowed you to really have a lot of self-dictation on your growth. But I ended up growing to a rank of associate regional director to where I was just two positions away from becoming the president of the company. And one thing that I, that I don't value or, or don't appreciate is when there's no longer room or less likely uh, room to grow. And what happened was that our sales vice president of the company had, resi- had retired. Uh, he'd retired a great man. Uh, he retired from the company. And the first thing that I did was I emailed the president of the organization. And I said, listen, uh, I know you're going to look for a replacement on this, on this uh, position, national sales vice president. And I would love to stick my head out there. I'd like to be that guy. And his response to me, God bless him. I give him a lot of credit. He knows who he is. He, he said, you know, Cena, there's a, lot of, there's a lot more room on the runway for you to grow, and we're not there yet. And that response to me was really what triggered me to have to reconsider where, if I was in the right environment because I knew what I brought to the table. I knew the influence that I had upon the organization, and I knew how much we could continue to grow if they would have maybe given me that opportunity. But because I might, might not have been considered next in line per se or wasn't part of the the good old boys club or, or whatever circles they, they create for themselves is when I knew that uh, I have to get out of that environment. And unfortunately, most corporate environments have that. It's just part of the corporate culture. Nothing against the people that are in them, just part of the corporate culture. Well, talk about confidence, man, because reaching out to just say, you know, I'm the guy for the job is not something that everybody has. And I, I think just the fact of waiting is what holds people back a lot. Hey, man, I always say the only career that's worth waiting on or waiting for is if you're a server. <laughs> that's a good one, right? <laughs> You've heard that before. Yeah, I have. <laughs> so was it, was it easy for you to leave or was it a... No, you know, um, I, uh, first of all, you, you mentioned good for you for reaching out to do what you did. Not many people ask or do that. And I want to just say um, no one is going to do for you what as much as you're willing to do for yourself. Um, that's just a fact. Plus, if you go out there and you do things for yourself and you make mistakes, you have no one to blame and you can grow from them. 
And uh, if you don't make mistakes, you've learned uh, an, you know, another uh, subset of values that you can build and grow on. Oh, when you were just, well, one, were you afraid? Were you scared? Was it, was it hard or challenging? I, I wanted to know. Oh, what, oh for what, the transition, right? Yeah. Like yeah. How, you know, I was, I was, uh, no, I'm actually scared right now while I'm talking to you guys. Uh, you can't really tell, but I've been shaking in this chair and I'm sweating a little bit. Whew. But no, it, 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 it was scary. It, it was very scary, but um, uh, I, I, I've learned that sometimes the things that you're scared of most is what you should run towards. And experience. Well said. Um, my, my good friend, uh, Rudy Sanchez, um, Rudd, uh, I, I thank the guy so much because I called him and I talked to him about what I was going to do. And he said to me um, some really important, powerful words that uh, I don't want, I, I guess I'll share it with the listeners. But he said, you know, I said, hey, Rudy, this is what I want to do. What are your thoughts? And he said, Cena, have you ever met a person or do you have a friend that has starved to death? And the reason I'm so sensitive in saying this is because, yeah, there are people that are starving to death every single day, and um, that's a pain that I don't know what it's, what it's like. But for the rest of us, the majority of us that are privileged to hear some type of program like this, we're probably in a similar boat to where we don't personally know someone who starved to death. And when he said that to me, he opened up my eyes to say, what's the worst that's going to happen, bro? You're, you're still going to eat. You're still going to live. And um, that, was the, that was one of the turning points. Other than, than Rudy, uh, I do want to share with, you know, the people's advisor, Matt Franchina, and I, we've had a lot of meetings. Uh, my wife, Sarah uh, Adelzadeh, she's, she's definitely uh, motivated me and had my back. And um, my mom, my mom, Manzar Azari, she is like the motivation queen when it comes to working for yourselves and not reporting to a boss. But, yeah, it was a scary. It absolutely was scary. But I had, I had a lot of love and support from important individuals that gave me the confidence and the push that I needed to just, uh, I guess, jump. And what happens, uh, as long as I don't die when I land, things are good. Nah, man, it sounds to me like you jumped to take off. Yeah. And you're flying now. You said and it. things are going really well, and we're cranking away, working hard here every day. And, you know, like I said, your hands are in a few different areas. But share with the listeners a little bit about maybe what's on the cusp or, or Actually, go bigger than that. With it, when it comes to present financial, what's what's the vision? When you think of it, what are you doing it all for? What is it going to turn into? You see? Uh, you know, I I don't know how much is it is appropriate to to share out and roll out to our listeners because I'd like to leave some room for surprise. But you know, when we started the deal, we definitely envisioned what we're currently working and building in today. Um, for those of you that haven't seen our office, imagine you walk into an office. There's no private offices. So if you want to start to revamp maybe some ways to be able to grow and accelerate your business, get rid of the private offices. There is no working towards a corporate uh, cor corner office. There is no hierarchy. Yeah, we have organizational structure, but we don't have um, people reporting to each other or going down a certain line to where uh, there is authority in a nature that needs to be regulated upon based on position. Our authority is regulated based on respect. And uh, we've gotten rid of all the cubes. It's an, it's an open format space. Uh, think, think tech meets the financial services world. That's what you're walking into. We got all these quotes everywhere, pretty motivating. We got Tupac on one side. We got Bob Marley in the conference room. You know, we got flat screens everywhere. Everything's Bluetooth, wireless. Yeah, pop art um, You know, we got Michelada Mondays, uh, Champagne Fridays. Shout out to my boys at GNN Insurance for the Champagne Fridays idea. Uh, you know, we got lunches, uh, the coffee celebrations. Uh, we build good relationships with all of our neighbors here. It's just a great vibe. And what we created 
with the visionaries at hand, uh, the original ones that really made made this transition, Matt Franchina, the People's Advisor, uh, Sarah Delzadeh, who we call the first crazy, the founder, uh, Deidre Lopez, uh, Shiva Iranka, and Chris Franchina. Uh, you know, this group really, really uh, laid it out there and said, hey, we're, we're going to build the next generation of financial services industry, not advisors industry. And we came in doing insurance in the beginning. You know, you yourself, executive financial advisor, having a Series 7. You got the 766, run and shop. Um, so we got the variable business in. We got the insurance risk in. And being a real estate guy for 15 years, we incorporated the real estate brokerage side in July of 2017. So now we really are well-equipped to just tackle all areas of finance and be that one-stop shop that not only you, your parents, your neighbors, and your family, but just everyone really wants to go to when it comes to accountability and service. Why, why go and handle your insurance with the insurance guy, but then he uncovers that you want to sell your house, and then he, either, he or she refers you to a real estate agent, or you got to go find a real estate broker that's going to do it. And these advisors all have a common client, but share no common communication or plan to service you appropriately. Yeah, you know what? I think that these industries have almost been rivals for years, right? Insurance and finance and real estate, they all almost subversed each other, right? Yeah, and yeah. every now and then you find some agents that want to give referrals, but no agency's been able to do it like Present Financial has. So shout out to you guys. Great job to you and well Sarah said, for executing on the vision. So You've got all these speaking gigs going on now, right? And the talk around the town is everyone's wondering whether you're going to you know, be in the limelight now and head off and um, your, your mindset's going to shift and go that direction. Or are you still building the financial shop or maybe blending them together? You know, uh, my, my, sorry to cut you off. No, People's advisor, my, my speaking piece is just because of the passion that I have to help grow the business, grow the industry. <clears throat> There's many individuals that haven't yet seen uh the the details or the sides that we're willing to share and that's what i'm that's what i'm speaking for i'm speaking for because the average age of an advisor in the insurance industry is uh 52 years old and there's 92 million millennials that need to uh, a portion need to fill this space but it's not an exciting sexy career as we've made it one to be. So the more I can get out there and speak and share best practices on how to grow the agencies with some of my uh, older peers, then we're able to attract that younger talent. And the business needs that younger talent. And it's a great industry. Then on the real estate side, uh, I, I think it's maybe it's been uh, more sexy, but it's so saturated. It's so saturated. It has. I think it's the number one licensed career choice for independent contractors. And there's more unemployed real estate agents than any other industry. And I think that their whole marketing and client acquisition approach is old school. And our firm is bringing a new spin to it. So by bringing these two together, we're going to have a higher rate of success when it comes to you being an insurance agent, an uh, investment advisor, or a real estate agent. Because now we have three of the best industries serving one another and serving their clients. That's awesome. And you know what? I think you might even sell a couple of T-shirts while you're doing some of these speaking engagements. <laughs> uh, that's an inside thing, man. You know, that, that goes back to what drives me and motivates me. It was predicted six months after I left my previous firm that I'd be out there selling T-shirts. That was um, one of the most motivating and inspiring lines that could, that, that could have been told to me, man. I can't wait to design the T-shirt you could sell from stage. <laughs> Actually, give them away, man. I like it. That's cool. We'll give them away. 
Well, you guys heard it here. This is CEO accredited. Um, before we sign off here, Cena, and get to our next podcast uh, later on this week, anything you want to share with the people that's going on? Uh, yeah, man. You know, all I wanted to do was just say that uh, stay, stay humble. Uh, you know, be grateful. If anyone's given you an opportunity that you just uh, heard might be too good to be true, look into it. Um, make sure that you don't just listen to the to the words or the advice of people who've never done it before. And the last thing is, you know, you're going to win some and you'll lose some, but it's all good as long as the outcome is income. You know what I'm saying? Heck yeah. And that's your boy, man, CEO, accredited people's advisor. One love, Matt. Thanks for that's everything, awesome. bro. Well, thank you so much. I could do everything I can to try to pay you back. And man, never you've, be you've, enough. you've done more than that, bro. Let's just pay it forward. You don't have to pay it back. Let's pay it forward, brother. I like the outro music too. Woo! Woo!